This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Let's get right to the consumer news from the past week. Tax season has officially started, with this past Monday being the first day you could start filing your income tax return online. Most Canadians have to file their tax return by April 30th, which is also the deadline to make a payment if you owe money. The CRA processed 18 million refunds last year. Uh, Most people got something back. The average refund working out to about 2,200 bucks. Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada says there are a few changes this year. A big one is that the temporary flat rate method for claiming employees' home expenses like rent, electricity, internet, and office supplies is no longer available. You used to be able to just very simply claim $2 for each day worked from home because of the COVID-19 pandemic up to an annual maximum of $400 in 2020 and then $500 in 21 and 22. Last week's inflation report was a pleasant surprise, according to many economists. The inflation rate fell more than expected last month as prices went down for gasoline, airfares, and clothing. Statistics Canada reports the annual inflation rate tumbled to 2.9% in January. That's down from 3.4%. In December, Uh, BMO chief economist Douglas Porter says while the report was indeed a very pleasant surprise, he still wants to see another month or two below 3% before he says he'll start rejoicing. It's tough being a renter in this country. And according to a new survey by Statistics Canada, people who rent their home are more prone to reporting a lower quality of life than homeowners, especially those living here in Toronto or here in Vancouver and in Toronto. Age seems to have a lot to do with it. StatsCan says that young people in general were less likely to report a high overall life satisfaction or good mental health compared with Canadians aged 55 and over. Those living in Vancouver reported lower life satisfaction than others who lived outside of the city. They also felt a lower sense of belonging in their community. And it was pretty much the same story for people in Toronto as well. Okay, Boomer, time to move over because millennials now outnumber Canadian baby boomers. Boomers have been the largest segment of the population for 65 years. StatsCan says the change helped increase the share of the working age population last year after a steady decline over the previous 15 years. The average age dropped slightly between Canada Day 2022 and Canada Day last year. This was a first since 1958. But don't count out those seniors just yet. New statistics from BC's Center for Disease Control says there's a spike in infectious sexually transmitted diseases in BC, and it's among the elderly. Data from the Northern Health Authority shows syphilis cases going from zero per 100,000 people in 2019 to 16 and a half cases in the first three quarters of last year. The center warns that this data may seem a little dramatic due to relatively low case counts and the infection rate can really spike or dip 
drastically, even if actual number uh, numbers are are small. Health officials say it's important for people to remain vigilant, though, against sexually transmitted infections because those infections do not discriminate based on age. Do you still have a landline phone? In the U.S., it became clear last week that fewer people do. On Thursday, AT&T had a massive outage that uh, affected close to 2 million cell phone users in the U.S. It was caused by a technical error, and one of the alternatives suggested for those stuck without service was to just use your landline. But according to the most recent estimates from the National Center for Health Statistics, about 73% of American adults lived in households where there was only wireless phones, and it's probably exactly the same for Canada. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and when we come back, it's officially tax season, and Angela Calla has some great advice on how you can take advantage of your mortgage and save yourself some tax money. That's coming up next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. It's Vancouver Consumer. We got some good news on the inflation front last week as price increases uh, are not going up as fast as they expected. It's got a lot of people thinking about where interest rates are headed and whether or not we'll see them perhaps even go down a bit in the coming months. And that could have a big effect on your finances, obviously, especially your mortgage, uh, when to renew, all those questions. And our guest right now has a lot of good advice on uh, that kind of stuff and how to take advantage of what's going on in the market. Save yourself a lot of money in the process. It's also tax season. And she's also got some great insight into that. Angela Calla is here. She is an accredited mortgage mortgage professional and, of course, the host of The Mortgage Show on CKNW, which you can hear tomorrow and every Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Her book is called The Mortgage Code, and you can find her online at angelacalla.ca. And you can also find her right here. Hi, Angela. How are you? Hi. What a pleasure to be with you today. I'm fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, so we we have a ton of things to talk to because it's been a a big week for things like inflation rates and what that will have to do with interest rates. But uh, let's start by talking about how it's tax season. Um, It's officially tax season. Starting Monday, you could uh, send your taxes in online. Um, So let's talk a little bit about how your mortgage can fit into your tax benefits and some other things that people just kind of need to know at this time of year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You should have your mortgage statement from your lender. And this is the absolute best time to give yourself a mortgage checkup. You know, we give ourselves health checkups. We give ourselves, you know, kids get report cards in school. Let's give ourselves one. Let's take a look at that mortgage statement and think about the things that are going to impact our finances here in the upcoming years. We're coming into a change in the marketplace and your mortgage will directly impact your wealth. So first and foremost, on that mortgage statement, and it's going to tell you a few things. It's going to tell you your interest rate. It's going to tell you when your mortgage is up for renewal. And it's going to tell you the amount of principal and interest that you've paid and what your payments are. So with all of those considerations, when you're bringing it to your accountant, um, 
think about and ask your accountant if there's any tax deductibility there. When you ha provide your mortgage statement, do you work out of the home? Are you educating out of the home? What is there any tax deductibility there that you can have to further benefit you? So that's the first question. The second is, where is your mortgage payment today? And what can that look like when it's up for renewal? How does the rate that you have compare to what rates are today? And so how do we plan for that renewal? Maybe your rate isn't up for a year or two, but maybe you're looking at your mortgage and when you're looking at your at your finances and you're giving yourself a health checkup, you might think, well, do I have any, uh, I know that interest rates are a little higher than what we're used to on a 10-year on a average here, but do I have debt outside my mortgage that's over 5 and 6%? Am I paying credit cards and lines of credit? Should I work the math and see if it's worth it to break my mortgage and add that outside debt into a new mortgage so I can go into 20, the, the, the last three uh, quarters of 2024 and start 2025 saving hundreds, if not thousands of dollars each and every month that I can further invest in either paying my mortgage down faster or um, should I use that money to invest in myself where I can get further tax benefits? So those are the things you want to look at on your mortgage statement first and foremost and think about when you're really looking at it. And actually, if you're concerned about where rates are today and the rate that you have on my app, you can work out what the different payments are based on where you're at and where you're going. And a lot of people have asked us, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to have to move because mortgage rates went up. And then we've worked the numbers for them and said, well, worst case scenario, if you renew in a year or two and rates are where they are today, well, then it's still cheaper than where you could go rent. So take a deep breath. Know you've got this. Don't make a decision out of fear. We got this together. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's a question. I, I bet if you had a dollar for anyone, anytime anybody's ever asked you, should I do a variable rate or fixed? Uh, you'd be a very wealthy person. I'm guessing. You know what? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, you know what I will tell you? The answer is never the same. Do you know why? Why? Because the discounts change, the market changes, the terms change. So, and even the, the term variable rate mortgage, Martin, you would think variable rate means variable. It's going to change, right? Right. Well, if you take a variable rate mortgage, did you know that if you take a variable rate mortgage instead of an adjustable rate mortgage, then your payments would not go down when the interest rate goes down and it would not improve your cash flow. The only uh, mortgage that will actually go down with prime and impact your payments and positively help your cash flow for you to benefit from rates being decreased is an adjustable rate mortgage. So if you're driving right now, pull over, write that down. <laughs> that is like the most important thing because we have so many people that are looking at renewing their mortgage, 3 million Canadians in the next 18 months, Martin. And they're thinking, okay, I'm going to take a variable rate. No, no, no. Stop. Stop what you're doing right now. Your bank probably might not have an adjustable rate mortgage. We have access to dozens of banks, trust companies, credit unions. It costs you nothing. We'll let you know the pros and cons of each and make sure that if you do want a mortgage that comes down with prime, like we're anticipating later in this year, that you get the right adjustable rate mortgage, not a variable rate mortgage. Because if you take a variable rate mortgage, Martin, you are stuck with those high payments. Right, right. And I, I want to put a little frame around what you just said, because um, 
the idea of going to a mortgage broker, I think, is something a lot of people don't think about. And if somebody goes, for example, to AngelaCala.ca um, and and talks to a mortgage broker, like you just said, even though you just said it, I'm going to say it again because I think it's so important that you have access to all of these different lenders and banks and it doesn't cost the person anything, right? That's right. And our information comes without bias as well. So we show you the pros and cons of each lender, and then you decide what works for your family. We're not here to sell one product over another. There's no sales involved. It's looking at everything what get in designing what mortgage strategy suits you best. And the mortgage strategy that we select today, Martin, could be different than one that we select in six months from now. And that's why if we come and advise on a, a mortgage option today, six months later, it could be completely different because of the marketplace, because rates are always changing, products are always changing, terms are always changing incentives from different lenders are always changing and there's no one lender that consistently throughout time will always have the best option for you. So that's what's really exciting for us, Martin, is, you know, one one time we might be recommending this bank, the next time we'll recommend the next. It'll really depend on what does the market look like? What does the lifestyle look like? But most importantly, what's going to keep you wealthy? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and what do you say to someone who, who comes in and says, well, it, it doesn't matter because I'm in a fixed mortgage that has two more years left or something like that. What do you say to that person? Uh, you know, when we take a look at the numbers, we develop a plan. So that person can look at where they are today and we can look at what we could, you know, forecast intelligently, which of course is just for, you know, infotainment purposes on what their renewal rate could look like if everything goes as planned. And then they're armed with that information and what a lot of people are doing because you know, people that are listening here today, some people are are very scared and, and scraping by and some people are saying, you know what, I'm doing okay, I'm comfortable, I just need to know how to use the market to my advantage. And those people are just prepaying their mortgage as if it was a renewal in two years, so their amount is reduced and they're paying their mortgages off faster to take advantage of their lower rate. And if that's the plan, then that's the plan. And what's really important is Martin, when we were discussing what a mortgage broker does is when we don't have bias, if the best thing is for you to stick with your bank, trust company, credit union, then that's exactly what we'll reinforce for you. So the time invested is to ensure that you have the best mortgage option and product without some sales aspect of it. Yeah, you're not always trying to sell people products, which sometimes yeah, no. you get when you're dealing directly with the bank. Um, so, so, and, and I guess now is, is a really good time to get some advice because the market is changing so much. Um, were you surprised by the inflation numbers? And I mean, you're, you're not a predictor of the future, but are, are you expecting interest rates might, might come down this year? Absolutely. I mean, we've we've already seen fixed rates come down significantly, Martin. I mean, geez, a couple months ago we were doing renewals in the sixes. Now we're doing them in the low fives. I mean, it's 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 really significant. It's really rapid. And fixed rates and variable rates look at two different things. And sometimes people I see on like a lot of chat forums and and such, people are like, "Well, how do I even check a? How do I know what mortgage broker to use? What questions do I ask?" Well, the first thing is, what economic indicators are you 
looking at to ensure that you have an understanding of what rates and products that you can recommend to me. And fixed rates are based on the bond market. Variable rates are, are based on prime rate. And the discounts among each vary depending on the other economic circumstances. And so whenever there's a, a, a bond market change, Martin, of about 05 to 0.8%, there is an automatic reaction that mortgage holders should have to either protect themselves or restructure their mortgage. And so you can, you're either, you know, changing, making a plan to change the mortgage or you're making a plan to pay, modify your payments to take advantage of the current strategy at at bay. And with a variable rate um, mortgage holder or adjustable rate mortgage holder, I should say, the economic landscape and the cash flow uh, needs of the family will determine if they should take an adjustable rate mortgage to so cash flow changes based on what's happening, or should they take a variable rate mortgage where the amortization either reduces or grows in, and they don't have any changes to their cash flow? And only the market will tell us this. Now, because we're in a higher interest rate market and rates are anticipated to come down, provided we see the consistent numbers that we just saw in the later half of this year, then uh, with that in mind, those variable rate mortgages need to be considered and you can't take a variable, you need to take an adjustable if you need that. So we do anticipate those rates to come down, but you know one thing that I've always done in my office and it's always worked out 100% of the time? What's that? Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Get the best mortgage out there with the best rates and the best terms and change it if the market changes and you'll always have ultimate control. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things that uh, I think for a lot of people, they feel like they understand how a mortgage works, but it's so much more complicated than that. Are, 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 do you find most people are surprised when they sit down with you at the options that they have? Uh, yes, everyone. And people that they didn't think would have options. Actually, you know, wh- one of our friends here at Chorus, they had a mortgage renewal in the highest time possible. Uh, we got them a mortgage renewal, and I know that they were worried about one of their parents um, and the housing insecurity that one of their parents were having because their parent was renting close to them and helping with childcare and so forth. And they had built so much equity in their condo, and we just said, hey, here are the numbers. You can actually afford to buy a condo for your mom to live in and give her that housing security that she's been looking for. And things are only going to get better for you because if you can afford it when the rates are high like they are right now and interest rates are going to come down, then everything's only going to get better for you and your family and the equity and the housing security and and the whole package. And they did it. And so there are options out there for everyone, and it's just about learning what they are and uh, facing what we have at hand. Mm-hmm. That's why AngelaCala.ca is such a great resource. There's blogs on there, all sorts of information. So go online, uh, AngelaCala.ca. Angela Calla is our guest. She's uh, an accredited mortgage professional uh, and the host of The Mortgage Show, which you can hear tomorrow at 3 o'clock on CKNW and every Sunday at 3 o'clock. She's also got a book called The Mortgage Code. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the changing conditions and how you can make sure that uh, you're not paying too much and in some cases make a real difference to your cash flow. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues 
right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and our guest is our friend Angela Calla. She is uh, from the uh, Mortgage Show on CKNW, which you can hear every Sunday at 3 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow at three o'clock. She's also the author of The Mortgage Code. And you can find Angela online at angelacala.ca. And we're just talking about how uh, it's tax season. Uh, interest rates are, a lot of people are wondering, are they going to maybe come down a little bit? Uh, and one thing that I've been dealing with is all the the vacancy house speculation forms that you have to fill out. Go online and, and prove that you actually live in your home. Uh, and that's that's a pretty important thing to do. I know that for a fact because if you don't do it by the deadline, uh, at least th- there's two that you have to do that y- you can get dinged like a $200 fine if you don't do it in time. It's a bit of a problem. Yes, definitely. Uh, empty home tax. So depending on where you live in the province, what municipality will depend on if you are um, need to fill that out or not. So I know that uh, I, I feel like most people who have listened have probably already done that because we've had a lot of reminders on that. But um, it's exciting to see some of the new things that are coming out in the budget that will hopefully help new, new first-time home buyers that are coming into the market. Yeah. So there, there are some uh, new rules in this provincial budget about uh, uh, speculation and flipping houses, and they will affect everybody else, even people who just live in one house, and that's it. Uh, yes, yes, it will. Uh, basically, you have to own your home for two years to have no additional taxes uh, moving forward. So, and for people who are doing it under that, unless of course it's to build more housing, then they will have uh, more taxes to pay to our province. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I guess these rules. I mean, you look at as someone who is who's been a real estate investor your whole life. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked to you before. Uh, you started very young, <laughs> which is really yeah. amazing. Um, do you think these rules are working to to sort of uh, cut to to create mm-hmm. more housing? Really, really hard to say. I mean, I, I've never been a speculator. Everything I've bought, I've bought for long term hold and provided long term housing. So. Um, I, I've just found the other market to be a little too risky for my particular liking, Martin. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't, and, and even the people in my office, we don't have clients that are coming in and flipping homes. So, um, you know, we'll see the proof will be in the numbers at the end of the day, the proof will be in the numbers in terms of how it will help and, and where that money goes to be able to help Canadians moving forward. Uh, one of the things that, uh, Mortgage Professionals Canada has been working on the government with is to make the, uh, first-time homebuyers uh, tax exemption a little bit higher to be more reflective of where first-time homebuyers are actually purchasing and within their price point. So we did get somewhere with that. And as of April 1st, 2024, the threshold for the exemption to the property transfer tax for first-time homebuyers is being lifted from properties costing a half million dollars, which it already was. Uh, but it, there is an exception in between 500 and 835000 where they'll get up to an $8,000 credit on that. So they won't pay the full property transfer tax on anything up to eight thirty-five. So it's a step in the right direction. And it's anticipated to help about just under 15,000 British Columbians. 
Yeah. Well, let's talk to people who are first-time home buyers in the market, or also people who are parents of first-time home buyers, people who are, you know, maybe trying to save up for that down payment. What's mm -hmm. your first piece of advice uh, for those people? Oh, easy. We need to, if you're listening to this, you need to open up, a, if you have um, a child or someone 18, 19, 20, someone that hopes to buy a home in the next 15 years, the first thing that you need to do today, not tomorrow, today is to put the plan in place to get a the first-time home savers account that was put out by the federal government. Because if you know anyone who was planning to own a home, the limit on that is $40,000 and it's $8,000 a year. So if you didn't open one in 2023 when it became available, well, now anyone listening who opens today only has $32,000 worth of room. And Martin, this is something that wasn't available when you and I were buying. When you and I were buying, the only thing that was available was an RRSP, right? We didn't even right. have TFSAs when we were buying our first homes. So now you have those three things. And when they're combined together with today's high savings rates, first-time homebuyers can get further. So if you're a parent that's listening and you're saying, okay, well, I've got teens in the house. If you've got a 16-year-old right now, the best thing that you can do is charge them. Uh, you could charge them $510 a month for four years. And by the time they're 20, they have enough for a 5% down payment on a 500K purchase price. And then they don't have to come to bank and mom and dad to help them. And for whatever reason, if they don't buy, at least they know that feeling of paying yourself first and setting aside that paycheck. Martin, it's the only way I got in the, in the housing market myself 20 years ago. And it's going to continue to be the only fundamental way uh, for people to get into the housing market is when you have kids and they start getting their first job, they need to put at least half of their paycheck aside and save to build for their future. Mm-hmm. So that's an FTHSA. Generally. Yes. First time home savers account. Yeah. First time home savers account. So, I mean, it, it's those kind of things that you just have to do in this mm -hmm. day yeah, and age because it's just so crazy to get in the market. And, and in some, in some ways it, sometimes it feels insurmountable. I know with my kids, I just wonder, you know, what it's going to be like. And, and what do you say to that kind of attitude when someone comes in and said, it's impossible. They'll never own well, a home. I'll tell you, Martin, whether you, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're correct. Because if you believe you can, then you're going to set up a plan to make it happen. If you say that it's impossible and you just, you know, there's no way and it's too expensive, then you're right because you'll never find a way. But I'm telling you, those who want to find a way, find a way. Right. And it starts with the plan and you got to start young. You've got to start with your kids. Financial, yeah. financial literacy is important. And I have to tell you, Martin, uh, when I was on holidays, I met another family. When me and my family were in Mexico, I talked about my book. I talked about real estate investment and their daughter, who was 10 years old. They moved from Victoria to, uh, to Powell River. And they were listening to my audio book in their kitchen when they got home. And their daughter said, you know what? What Angela said made a lot of sense. I want to start opening up savings accounts because when I grow up, I want to make sure that I put enough money aside to go from um, living with you guys to owning. So, I mean, you just, you can start with kids planting that seed on how they need to save for their future. As far as I'm concerned, 10 years old and above. And even for myself, my son's 11 now. 10 years old, they really start to want to know and understand what adult life is going to look like. So don't hide it for your kids. Be upfront and honest about how expensive everything is and how if they want something, they're going to have to develop a plan and move forward and uh, engage with them on that. It's important. 
Yeah, and the one thing that young people have, uh, that the equity that they have is time. And mm-hmm. because, like they always say, what the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I talk about it in my book. I talk about it with anyone who will listen, you know, and, and uh, going back and forth with that, that is the only thing. And that's, that's what my parents said. My parents didn't come from a banking financial background. They came here, uh, you know, second generation from Italy and their parents just all worked together and, you know, put money aside from when they were working to begin with. They never spent all their money and they all worked together. Four families lived in a house and then one moved on when, when they had all saved enough and they moved on to their own houses accordingly. So we still have to implement those fundamental concepts to be able to get ahead in today's day and age. Some things never change. While the market will have its ups and downs, certain fundamentals will always be consistent. And that is the eighth wonder of the world, compound interest in time. Start talking to your kids really young and start making them save really young. Right. I think that's just great advice. So, so let's talk in the time we have left. Um, you know, it is, it, it's tax season and it, it really is. It's the, it, there's so many different things. It's like you say, it's sort of the best time of the year to kind of do a check on everything because it's tax season. It's spring. Uh, we're looking at some changes perhaps to interest rates. So what's the very first step? somebody should take if they have a mortgage maybe they're not even thinking about it because they still have a few years on it what's the very first step they should take just do a little mortgage health check you know let's take a look at it let's review it look at your rate look at what payments could be when you renew look at your overall financial situation look if you have any debt outside your mortgage and set together a plan. You know, just yesterday, Martin, I was looking at a file myself and this family was, you know, they were uh, in the top income earning, but they had a couple of lines of credit and credit cards. And I said, you know what, if we redo your mortgage now, we're going to save you $900 a month, even with the, even with the payment penalty and where mortgage rates are now. And your net positive increase in cash flow will be over $900 a month. And now with that $900 a month, you can either pay your mortgage off 17.9 years sooner, or you could use that to move up the property ladder and build equity in your home faster because now um, you open up your qualifications. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that every... $480 a month in debt outside their mortgage. So think about people who have credit cards, lines of credit, student loans. That takes away $100,000 in mortgage qualification, right? So even if they're not thinking about moving up the property ladder right now, but maybe that's something, you know, five, 10 years down the road, if they're not utilizing uh, their existing mortgage and debt accordingly, then they're taking away their qualifications and taking away their own improved cash flow accordingly. So Oftentimes, it's what you don't know that's costing you money. And that's the biggest mistake that we want to help um, Canadians avoid with their mortgage renewal. Don't just renew. If you have debt outside your mortgage, take that debt, roll it into a new mortgage, because the banks are never going to call you and say, hey, I found a way for you to save money and for us to uh, make less money, because that's just not consistent with what their obligations are to their shareholders as a publicly traded company. It's to keep you indebted to them as much as possible. Because if you're saving $900 a month, you're not using that money on borrowing vehicles, right? So right. if you're saving that money, then you are in control of your finances, not someone else telling you. Because look at how much money it opens up for you if you wanted to invest in yourself, right? So very important to understand that. And a lot of lenders 
will just really pressure you to renew the mortgage. Let's go, let's go, let's make it about interest rate to make you keep that other debt outside there because they make the most amount of money off of those micro loans, as they call them. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to to get the help from a mortgage broker. And uh, it's free, which is, <laughs> I get all excited about that because it's free, right? Yes, it's absolutely free. And I think that's the misconception, but I think it's really important for Canadians to know that we get paid where we place the mortgage. And if we don't place a mortgage because it's not in your best interest, that's fine. We've just got a new friend and we'll continue to be friends with you over the years. And when it makes sense, it'll make sense. I remember I had um, someone I went to high school with and she didn't know I was a mortgage broker. So she went somewhere else. And for like eight years, she tried to get her mortgage over to us. And I said, Kim, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Finally, eight years later, it made sense. And I said, okay, now let's redo your mortgage. We can save you, you know, 680 bucks a month. It now makes sense. And she's like, ah, finally, I've been trying to give you my mortgage for eight years. So we only <laughs> do what's in your best interest at that right time. That's our licensing responsibility. That's the integrity we've always been led by. And it's, uh, it's very simple. AngelaCala.ca is the website. And uh, Angela, thank you so much for talking to us. Always an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Angela Calla, we'll, we'll be listening to you tomorrow at three o'clock on The Mortgage Show right here on CKNW. And coming up on Vancouver Consumer, it's the story of Vancouver's first race riot. It happened on this day, thankfully, many, many years ago. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and the revitalization of Chinatown in Vancouver is slowly continuing. Last year, the feds announced close to $2 million in funding to help with the revitalization of the area. And in the next few weeks, Chinatown is getting a very new cocktail bar that is expected to be a very hip place to be. Mio is a new restaurant created by the people behind the award-winning Vancouver restaurants Bao Bay and the Michelin-starred Kisatanto. The new place is actually just below Kisatanto on street level at 265 Pender Street. Mio looks like a cool place. The website just says it's opening soon. The plan was by the end of the month, but we'll see. It will combine some 70s-inspired nostalgia with inventive cocktails, small bites, and intimate seating. It will feature 70 seats inside a dimly lit dining room anchored by the glow of a vintage jukebox. One of the owners, Tannis Ling, says they wanted to create a cozy, accessible experience that isn't too swanky or pretentious, where people can meet up with a friend for a drink. And it's these restaurants, including the new Mio, that are revitalizing Chinatown, an area that has a rich and unique history in this city. And speaking of that history, today's kind of an infamous day when it comes to the history of the Chinese-Canadian population in Vancouver. It was February 24, 1887, 137 years ago, when Vancouver experienced its first race riot. This was in the days before there was a Chinatown in Vancouver. But back then, many Chinese people were workers who came to this new city in Canada to work on the railroad. A large group of those workers lived in a camp near False Creek. And the trouble started 
when an angry mob began to gather, that mob was made up of white rail workers who were upset that immigrant labor would be used to clear land for the Canadian Pacific Railway. These attackers marched on the Chinese workers in their camp near False Creek, and this mob was loud. They were singing as the Chinese workers jumped from their tents and ran. There was snow on the ground, and some didn't even have time to put on their shoes. Uh, The morning after the riot, most of the Asian workers would be herded to the dock and forced onto a steamer headed for Victoria. The government in Victoria then suspended the city's charter and declared martial law, vowing to find and convict the rioters who were responsible. But there would be very few arrests, mainly because of a lack of witnesses willing to cooperate. No one would be convicted, and it would not be the last attack on Vancouver's Chinese community. A few years later, in 1907, members of the newly formed Asiatic Exclusion League stormed into Chinatown and began rioting. That violence and destruction would last for two days. Something to remember in this modern age of divisive politics. And it happened today, back in 1887, right here in Vancouver. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. We are here every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. Thanks in large part to our producer, Jonathan Chung. This is CKNW. Stick around. The news is coming up next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.